Whiskey and Risk, a J. Crew podcast where we talk about all things risky while drinking a little bit of whiskey. I'm Max. And I'm Jackson. Let's get into it. Cheers. Welcome back to Whiskey and Risk. I'm your host, Max Katzbeck. And I'm Jackson Doyle. And it's been a couple weeks since we've had the podcast, so uh, really looking forward to catching up with Jackson today. Me too, Max. And I just want to go kind of through a high level of, you know, how you've been, what you've been seeing, and I guess we'll start with how was your Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was great, short-lived as usual, because it kind of leads into the busiest time of the year for our industry, I'm sure for other industries out there, but I can only speak on us in the insurance industry. And yep. it's uh, it's kind of a wildfire from the months of October to the end of January. And that's on the commercial side and the group health. We'll both get into what that looks like for us. But yeah, Thanksgiving was great. Saw some family. It was actually pretty chill. You know, my mom hosts. Um, so we had just had family over. I was in sweatpants all day. Did not get dressed up at all. Watched football. Sounds and nice. Ate a lot of good food. So yeah, I really have nothing to complain about in that regard. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. My cousin got engaged the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, day before. So that was awesome. Nice little surprise engagement that I was honored to be there and, and see. I was, I was happy that she said yes. There was a little bit of a pause there, so I was unsure. <laughs> but that went well. Yeah, Thanksgiving, just spent it with my family and uncle's house in the Chicagoland area. Good catching up with everyone there. And then the following weekend, went up to my other aunt and uncle's house in Wisconsin. Spent the weekend up there at their house. And it was just very relaxing. It was kind of nice to get away. I mean, as you said, and you're starting to see this, this is year, what, two, three for you? Three. Yeah. So you're working the renewals. You're also, you know, obviously trying to get those new business deals, but Q4, it's a beast. I mean, it's different. It's different. I mean, especially when you got to deal with the renewals, there's a lot of one, one renewals, especially on the health insurance side. I've been working on a ton of new accounts that are coming up on one, one now to throw on top of that, you know, the holidays, right? Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, it's just, it's a very busy time. And um, a lot of what we do, at least what I find is we're, you know, working for our clients, but we have to, we're we're the middle portion between the client and the carrier. So when you're running up on deadlines and those deadlines fall near those holidays, it's, you know, sometimes difficult when you send out an email and now you might not get a response for, you know, a week because, you know, you're waiting on the underwriter or somebody who's out on vacation. So That adds a little bit more to it. And that's just, you know, dealing with your current clients now. Obviously, me and you as producers, we have our sales goals for the year. Right. You got that Q4 push. You're either, you know, feeling pretty good or, you know, needing to get a couple deals across the finish line to hit those goals. So that adds a little bit extra to it. So, yeah, crazy times. Crazy times. And even more so for you. I mean, you kind of touched on it, but group health, it seems like more so. Like there's a lot of year-end and first-of-the-year renewals and commercial lines as well, but it seems like it's very common on the group health side that it's that 1-1 or that 12-1, it's like everybody is there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think a lot of of our clients and employers want to align that health insurance with 1-1 to make it a calendar year. It's just 
more straightforward, easier to understand, especially when you're looking at deductible usage and, you know, carrying over and, and when it restarts and all that, as opposed to the middle part of the year, which is fine too. I mean, we have clients that do that, but a lot of pe- times people want to do that one one. So yeah, I mean, in terms of renewals, I mean, we've got Colleen. She, I don't think she's left the office in three weeks working yeah, she's on- she's been grinding. She's been grinding. been grinding back there. Yeah, just shopping different carriers, making sure our clients are getting the best bang for their buck, making sure that those plans are, you know, approved of by employees, helping their retention. And there's a lot that goes into it. Obviously, we bring it in. And then once we pass it off on the health side to Colleen and her team, they're fantastic. So yep. you know, our clients really appreciate that. But it, I mean, it's, it, it is crazy busy. So yeah, just trying to take a breath when I can and looking forward to the light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, overall, I think it's been a pretty good year for the both of us. But, yeah. you know, before we get into that, why don't we tell us a little bit about what we're drinking today? Because it yeah. is pretty tasty. No, it's a kind of a perfect time to talk about what we're drinking with uh, talking about the stress that the year has brought on. Hand in hand. Um, so, yeah, today we are drinking another fan favorite of Four Roses, the Small Batch Select. I am a fan of Four Roses. They have about four or five different bourbons, more so if you start talking like upper, upper shelf. But yeah. um, we're family friendly friendly here. So this you can find at about $35 anywhere you look. And it's very, very good. I am a frequent buyer of this. So I might be, you know, a little biased, but I do have a review here. This is from BreakingBourbon.com. They also have a podcast and they do a lot of reviews on bourbons. So I'm familiar with their, they do like a blog. So I keep up. And try to, you know, broaden my Support palate. the community. Here, yeah. So just a little, it's 90 proof, which we've talked about the difference, you know, 90, 100, 101. It's, it's good to, you know, have a nice, as a sipper, but also you can mix a 90 proof, making like a old fashioned or a Manhattan, anything like that. Says that the palate here, it has more of a creamy finish instead of like the oak side of things. It says that it has a dimension of flavors that offer enough to create interest and they manage to keep one another in check. While the flavors are all a bit timid, oak, summer fruit, cherries, caramel, and rye spice are the most prominent. And it says that the oomph I was looking for in the palate comes in the finish. Long in duration, the complexity of the sip shines here. This is definitely a bias article on caramel finishes. He just goes on and on about caramel, um, caramel, what that looks caramel. like. Correct. I mean, it's every other <laughs> it's word here. words to say, honestly. I, I so. hear you. And I mean, they, they do say you can get by in reviewing a bourbon with four or five words and act like you know what you sound like yeah. you're talking about. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Very oaky here, or I, I sense some, you know, fiery finisher. Hints of vanilla. And mm. there's some caramel. Yeah, so, caramel. Yeah. So this is pretty straightforward. Um, it's a very good bourbon. I'll go ahead and start with my rating. I'm going to give it a solid 8.1. Okay. Um, like I said, I'm a frequent drinker, so I'm a fan of it. Yeah. I mean, I, that's a good review, and I, I appreciate you taking the review this time. It, it yeah. kind of feels powerful, right, when you're given that review. It, there's, there's some, there's some pressure to it. I'm there's not some pressure. You got to read. Reading's hard. You know, I, well, and they use big words to describe <laughs> it. I don't know why, but they're very big words to describe it. So I was paraphrasing to save myself there. I'm going to go 7.7. I like it. It's just it's your your go-to American bourbon. Gets the job done. I think you the the review was spot on. And I'm I'm a fan. So Yeah. Great flavor finish, good profile for the palate. You know, here I am sounding like a pro already. Just a few big words there for the <laughs> listeners. I'm not even reading off anything. But yeah, I think a good transition here is kind of just talking about our year as a whole. Yeah. Um, kind of using this podcast to reflect back on 2023 as well as um if there's any highlights or anything you're on the horizon of 2024. I'll kind of yeah. let you lead that off and then 
come back to me. Yeah, I think overall it was a great year for me personally. Yeah. Um, as a producer, you know, it can always be better. We're always looking to improve. I feel like every year I take a couple more steps um, working on larger accounts, um, getting more referrals. But overall, it was a good year. I think it was a great year for the firm as well. Yep. A lot of the younger guys really gained a ton of knowledge. Uh, we brought Cooper on board over here. Our, Shout out Cooper. Our audio producer. Yep. Maybe. The behind the scenes guy. Behind the scenes. Yep. And he's been doing great account management and really has, you can see the growth that he's had over the past couple months. So that's really good. It helps me, you know, sleep at night knowing that, you know, someone that's qualified and understands the coverages and all that can assist my client maybe when I'm out of the office. So thanks, Cooper. Yeah, I think just overall, you know, it's been a good year, but it's always a a bit of a roller coaster, you know, in this industry, there's ups and downs and, you know, everything's not perfect by any means. I mean, you're going to lose clients, you're going to lose out on deals, but overall, I think there's more wins than losses for sure. Let's see. Overall, you know, on top of that, too, just given the fact that the the insurance marketplace over the past year, two years now has been hard, it's made it a little bit more difficult. And we've talked about this in the past, too, where, you know, you might get an opportunity, but then it's almost selling it to the insurance carriers as well. So a lot of carrier appetites have gone down. We'll get opportunities. A lot of carriers don't want to quote it or maybe they're unfavorable terms. A lot of renewals are coming in, you know, higher than they were last year. I think on the property side, especially in the Chicagoland market, um, we're seeing average you know, commercial property renewal rates increasing by 10%. We've talked about this in the past too. Yep. Really driven by, you know, overall claims across all carriers, you know, catastrophic events, large claims that carriers have had to pay out on. In addition to that, inflation, increased cost of construction. So I might have a building that's last year was valued at say 5 million and this year we're getting the renewal uh, replacement cost valuation at, you know, 5.6 million. So that's up $600,000, same building. Obviously that's going to have an impact on the rates, but it's just becoming more and more expensive to build these buildings. I've been working on a couple of more property focused accounts lately. And another thing that we run into too, in the Chicagoland area, Obviously, an older city, a lot of the buildings in our area are, you know, 100 plus years old. Well, most carriers have, you know, requirements. Hey, we're not going to quote anything that's over, say, 40 years old, 30 years old. Well, that eliminates, you know, 90 percent of the buildings in Chicago. So finding specific niche carriers that you can work with that are more open to those appetites. It is helpful to have those capabilities and we're always adding to our carrier bench. But I think overall, given the circumstances of the hard market, it's been a good year for me. And I'm looking forward to 2024. The light's at the end of the tunnel. Looking forward to right. Christmas and relax a little bit, get these deals wrapped up. But how about you, Jackson? How was how was uh, your year so far? Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. You have had a great year. Speak on it often, it feels like on the podcast that our culture is just great here at J. Krug that, you know, we're always building each other up and mm-hmm you know, celebrating each other's successes. And that goes on for the whole producer team and everybody from, you know, the top of Jeff and Tom and Logan down to all of us of just anytime a new sale comes in or you could see somebody working very hard in an account and it paying off and it working out, that is just a team win. This year, 2023, I mean, we spoke on 2022 was a great year for me. Unexpected, for, you know, the amount of growth that came quickly had a very large year in 2022. So the expectation from me was there to do that again, 2023, haven't had a bad year at all, but haven't had what I considered to be, I set that standard in 2022 for myself, but just understanding the ebbs and flows that, you know, had a lot of clean wins in 2022, whereas 
our goal is, it's different for everybody, but you're not going to win every account. You're not going to win every proposal. There's different things that go into play. Some factors you can control and some you can't. But specifically this year, we've run into certain carriers that would quote certain industries and it would be, you know, a green light, you'd send it to them, no problem. Whereas there's a lot of red tape on things this year that we haven't seen in the past of that have made not only submissions harder, but getting where we need to be on pricing or other factors that maybe in years prior were no-brainers, took a lot more legwork this year. Mm -hmm. With that being said, I think I've set myself up pretty well communication-wise of going into 2024 of maybe some opportunities that we decided not to pursue this year Mm -hmm. um, with the circumstances of the market that if things potentially could look a little bit different next year, that could get us back on track of where we need to be in 2024. So very excited for next year, very excited for this year to be, you know, over now that I think after next week, all of my renewals will be wrapped up for this year. Take a deep breath. Yeah. Which feels very good. Yeah. Um, the last two weeks have been very, you know, head down, feel like you're in a tunnel of for like, sure. you're kind of in your own world, right? You kind of lose track of what everybody else is doing because you're like, what day is it? I think it's, you know, it's is it taking Tuesday? a day no, at a time. Friday, right? So yeah. life's moved a little fast the last couple of weeks, but. Yeah, not bad at all. Yeah, I think that's good. And I think that, you know, especially on a podcast or, uh, you know, a a forum like this, it's important to be honest. And, you know, not everything is, you know, great and and perfect. Like you're going to lose deals. You're going to lose clients. And to, you know, sit up here and tell you, hey, you know, everything's perfect. I win every single account that I I ever write. I make, you know, millions of dollars a year. Like, you know, that's not the the truth of it. I mean, Like, for instance, today I lost a really large account. They were acquired by another person and another entity. And while that's great for my client and I'm very, very happy for them, that's a pretty big loss for me. So it's now a matter of, you know, dealing with that, knowing that it's going to come with the job and just refilling that with more clients and just, you know, kind of taking it a day by day. So there are definitely ups and downs. And I think it's important to be honest with ourselves and the listeners that, you know, everything's not, you know, always perfect. But I think it shows a lot how people deal with, you know, the downs and you've done, you know, you've had a great year too, but I know there are some close accounts that you've lost out on that we thought that were, you know, locks and um, you put a lot of work into and just being able to say, okay, you know, that sucks. I think I earned that account, but you know, it is what it is. On to the next one. You know, I'm not going to let it bog me down. And I think that's a really good character trait that you have, Jackson, that I've I've witnessed. So that's that's good. Um, Yeah. I think what you just hit on is important to to stand really quick on that it's important to talk about things that might not always be understood or thought about, especially in terms of what we do, like being brokers of commercial insurance. We are the middlemen, like you said, which means that one, as you know, customers or our clients, the insureds, they don't always see what goes on in the back end of what we're dealing with with carriers. Right. But also there's a lot of uncontrollable factors that we have no control on. That we have no control on what the market's doing. We don't know what kind of losses that the carriers have seen as a whole and what those payouts have done to them and which has then caused them to pull back on different risk. Mm -hmm. We can't control if their appetite is changing or if they're taking rate or different things like that that are state regulated. So we, yes, we're the messenger and there are things that we can leverage relationships and other things that we take pride in here at J. Krug. But I think we do a really good job of the communication factor of Mm -hmm. like, hey, this is what the renewal is going to look like. These are the steps we're taking and then filling them in 
on why or what is going into all of that happening. Yeah, more than, than like, just selling a commodity and, and a premium and, and giving that advice, that risk management advice, and knowing that we're working in the best interest of our clients to make sure they're in the right place. You know, I think that's very important. And, and there are a lot of things that we can control. I do, I will say, I think that the things that we can control, we do very, very good job of. But yeah, I mean, I don't think everyone realizes that there are a lot of factors that are outside of our control that we have to, you know, even before giving our client news or the renewal, I mean, we're doing a lot of things before our client even knows where the initial carrier quote is coming in at to help drive that down, drive that right. down, get the best possible deal for our client in terms of pricing and coverage. So right. yeah, like I said, I think just overall the market's hard. It makes it a little bit more difficult. It does open some opportunities for us, but like I said, I'm looking forward to 2024. I'm looking forward to uh, wrapping up this year, getting a couple of these deals across the finish line and moving forward, yeah. onward and upward I agree. to the moon, as I, they say. To the moon. I agree. <laughs> I agree. One thing I did want to mention too, as I'm going through, I mentioned I'm working on a lot of property renewals, just a, just a small insurance tip. When you're looking at your building, I, I did mention a lot of building replacement costs are going up. And a lot of times that might lead to some issues with your co-insurance. So let's say you have an 80% co-insurance, meaning that you have to insure that building um, within you know 80% of that total value. I always recommend to my clients add an agreed value endorsement on that property. So that eliminates the co-insurance penalty, meaning that the insurance carrier will pay up to that building limit, no matter you know what the, the claim cost is or what the actual replacement cost of the building is. If the replacement cost is different than what the actual insured value of that building is on the policy. If you have that agreed value endorsement, the carrier is basically saying, okay, we agree that this building is going to be valued at this limit. With increasing cost of construction, and sometimes that can, especially if you're not updating your building limits, go awry and you might fall out of that, you know, 20% buffer, like with an 80% coinsurance yeah. and not get a full claim paid out. So that's just one thing that I've been recommending to my clients. And you pay a little bit more for that endorsement, but I think it's well worth it just so you, you don't have any guessing games going on yeah. during a claim. While we're throwing out tips, I'll kind of go through one that actually came up today for the third time this week. One was a renewal that I'm working on a current client, but two of the new business accounts that we are quoting and going through putting together a program for them. It was very similar situations of they haven't looked at their equipment list and what the total values of those pieces of equipment would be. When's the last time they bought something new and didn't tell their insurance agent to put it on the policy? Mm -hmm. Some of these contractors are working with pieces of equipment that are over a hundred thousand dollars and, you know, they're thinking of buying it to put it right into use of operation. But what isn't always the first thought is, oh, well, I need to get this on the insurance policy. So it's covered if there was a total loss or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Another thing is, Always, every year, it should be standard practice on renewals, I would hope for everybody, but going through the vehicle list, but also the driver list, if you've you know, had people retire or move on or no longer drivers, every driver and every vehicle is what's going into your rates on your auto policy. It's not just what the cars are. It's also the drivers, the carriers are running their MBRs. Yep. So keeping everything up to date, doing general housekeeping, you wouldn't believe the things that get swept under the rug that we hear about. And we're like, this is standard practice, but it might not be for everybody. And it could be affecting your renewals. You could have pieces of equipment that are worth eighty dollars or $90,000 that you happen to sell. And you're paying for that on your premium when you don't need to anymore. So it's just things that are very easy, not very time consuming. But again, it's not what you're thinking of every day, or especially when you're thinking about the renewal that 
could easily save you a few, you know, dollars or pennies here. Yeah, and, and on that point too, I remember a couple of years ago, I was working on a new uh, business opportunity with a client. They had an auto fleet and they hadn't updated their driver list. They hadn't updated their vehicle list. Um, the wasn't a, It wasn't a big uh, issue on the vehicle list because we were able to get that corrected. But when reviewing the driver list, you know, they'll say for round numbers, they're paying $100,000 a year. Well, there was one driver on there that had a couple of uh, speeding tickets and violations. And that driver hadn't worked for the company in three years. So going through that list and saying, hey, we need to remove, you know, this this driver, it actually dropped the premiums down by about 20%. So that's something that the insured was leaving on the table for the past couple of years with the prior agent, just because they weren't going through that renewal um, checklist. They weren't updating their exposures. And um, especially like, like I said, with drivers, with violations, um, especially when you're looking at, you know, trucking companies where that is a lot of where the rate comes from is the drivers, the driver history, and it can have a huge, huge impact on the premiums, making sure that that's all accurate, making sure you're having, you know, safe drivers with no violations that are, you know, helping with your insurance premiums moving forward, because that's something that is very important to look at. Love it. Love it. Well, I think the next kind of topic that kind of flows right into that is maybe what you've seen this year going into next year that we could kind of put the word out to friends of friends or, you know, connections that we might have of kind of hot zones that you found in terms of industries that you are finding success in in writing. We were talking about the hard market and how everything is kind of has some red tape around it. But what are things that you're seeing that we're having success coming in the door that people should know about? Yeah, for whatever reason, lately, I've been working with a lot of property management companies and um, evaluating their real estate portfolio. Now it is Definitely tricky because of the market right now, and it does make it a little bit harder, but we do have a couple of carriers that we work with that are extremely competitive in certain instances on properties that they want to write that have been having some good success on some larger property kind of developments and homeowners associations and things of that nature. So that's something that I would like to keep kind of going after and developing those relationships with the property management companies, with the commercial real estate brokers and being able to evaluate their their portfolio. I've had some success with. And then in terms of the employee benefits, that's something also I'd like to have more of a focus on in 2024. I really do enjoy selling employee benefits and providing that to my clients and their employees. I feel like I'm helping people out. Uh, You know, it's, you know, there's definitely a place for property casualty insurance and everybody needs it. But I, for whatever reason, just seems like people are more open and excited to talk about their employee benefits program than, hey, what's the replacement cost of my building? And I hope I never use this insurance. But being able to attract and retain talent, my employees uh, through their employee benefits program and, and evaluating what is out there to offer is something that I'd like to focus more on on 2024. So I guess overall property and employee benefits. But with that being said, if you have a referral for me and right. it's a good account, feel free to send it over because we work with so many different carriers and you know I'm happy to take a look. And if I can't help, then I like being honest with my clients. So. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah, kind of building off of that. A couple of mine that I wrote down are very niche in that we just have a great relationship with two standard markets and two wholesalers that I've been able to provide just great quotes Mm -hmm. on asbestos and abatement and kind of insulation contractors. I know it's kind of weird to to think about. And when people hear asbestos, there's really no positives that are associated with it other than there's some serious premium savings happening over here. Right. Um, <laughs> the riches are in the niches. Why that comes up is uh, we were referred into one. I was like, I don't know, really know what we're going to do with this account and what it would look like. And then it was kind of like once you 
kind of go through the process and you start talking with people on programs that they have. We were really able to put a great program together that was over a year ago. And then I've brought on three additional with the exact same program and the results were all very similar. So that was really cool. I'm looking to build more into that space just because I'm super interested in it. Another, which we've known from the beginning is swimming pool contractors. Yeah, We just happen to have a great relationship with two carriers here, direct riders that provide coverage on all lines, which isn't common. A lot of their, what I'm seeing when I, you know, have some opportunities that are brought in is their coverages are kind of spread all over the place mm -hmm. just to have a program. Whereas we can kind of clean that up and also um, providing some pretty great rates. So those are two that I'm really excited about. I'm hoping to build the book on those going into 2024 because the success rate has been really high. Yeah. And speaking of the swimming pool contractors, it has been fun working with you on your account. The one that you brought in was at last year. And I know we evaluated employee benefits, group health insurance last year, didn't yep. move forward. But this year they were interested and were on, you know, on target to yep. you know implement that program one one so being able to work with you with your uh, client and help round out their employee benefits program and offer that to the employees has been it's been fun yeah no it's always great when we can provide multiple you know ways to help a client and kind of round out those accounts yep and when they have that trust in us to have all their lines of insurance it just makes everything kind of better so yeah i don't have much more to kind of touch on i'm excited for 2024 sounds like you are too yep but until then we'll just grind out the rest of 2023 like everybody else and get to it yeah absolutely make sure uh, our listeners out there if you like what you heard make sure to like comment and subscribe if you have any questions or want to hear anything that we talk about on the podcast have any suggestions uh feel free to email us at whiskey and risk at jkrug.com other than that jackson it was a pleasure as always as always and uh thanks for listening yep cheers cheers